All right, everybody, welcome back to the replay. I'm your host, Ian Canadian Falcon, and I am joined by Alex Lyons. Alex, how's it going? Going good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Happy to get back into recording. Uh, with a few changes in my life, I decided to take a week off and just get a few things sorted out. Uh, I am back to recording. This is recording one of two for the day. I've got to go back and record another recap episode after this. Uh, so we're going to do this similar to what I did, uh, I believe, last week or a few weeks prior, where we are going to be starting on the transactions. Uh, we're going to be going from November 15th to November 21st, which is today, Saturday, uh, November 21st. Uh, then we're going to be going over the offers reports. We're actually going to do a playoff picture because while things in this league are, I don't want to say locked in, there is a lot of intrigue surrounding the sixth seed in particular. Uh, so I just want to go over that. And then we're going to be going over the previews for this week, including a must-win game uh, for both Lions and myself. So I just want to go over the transactions pretty quickly here. Uh, so Sunday, November 15th, we have Snuffy the Seal dro uh, dropping David Johnson and adding Josh Kelly for a dollar. Uh, we have repeat season adding Anthony Miller for a dollar, dropping Mark Ingram. Jack Barr adding DJ Dallas, dropping JD McKissick. Danny Dollars uh, dropping Le'Veon Bell, adding David Johnson for $4. Oh, uh, that last transaction was on Wednesday, November 18th. My apologies. Uh, I believe that was before, uh, Alex, as you pointed out, that was actually before David Johnson got placed on IR, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so that was that was a bit interesting uh, that David Johnson was even dropped before that, but he has since on, uh, been placed on IR, so that's that's quite unfortunate. We have Just Josh and adding Michael Pittman Jr. for a dollar and dropping Cole Beasley. Uh, Alex and I were just talking about this before the show. Cole Beasley, uh, not only has he been a very viable fantasy option this year, the wide receiver 22 overall. Uh, even if he is on bye, and even if he does not have the best fantasy playoff schedule, uh, I still don't understand why he was dropped. He's he's performed well. And also, he has Josh Allen, too, so which it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're, you're missing out on that Josh Allen-Cole Beasley stack. It's, it's pretty questionable, in my opinion. Uh, the next transaction was TFG dropping the Giants defense for the Chargers defense. I uh, paid $6 for that. Uh, kind of makes sense. Gi uh, Giants defense does get into a much more difficult stretch after this, or after their bye week, rather. Just Joshin dropping Philip Lindsay and adding Dalton Schultz for a dollar. Uh, I think this kind of makes sense, I guess. Uh, Philip Lindsay was not, was not really doing a whole lot, so it's a bit disappointing. I dropped Nicole Hardman, who was placed on the COVID list, and added Sammy Watkins for a dollar. Uh, it was always my plan to, once Sammy Watkins uh, came off of IR, to add him back uh, over Nicole Hardman. Uh, next up, repeat season, dropping Eric Ebron, adding Salvin Ahmed in that Dolphins backfield. Uh, Trevor getting really, really desperate for running backs at this point. It's... Uh, you know, we were talking about this before the show as well, and Alex, you thought your team was bad but uh, for injuries, but Trevor's team is looking looking a lot worse right now. Yeah, <laughs> over the last week, he's just gotten absolutely brutalized with injuries. Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely a rough scene. Uh, 
Let's see. It, his entire bench is either on bye or injured. It's Joe Mixon, Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, Raheem Mostert, Allen Robinson, Wayne Gallman, and Miles Gaskin. So not an easy time for someone who, uh, in the last few episodes, I have said has overcorrected. Uh, definitely rough for him there, especially as we're getting close to the playoffs. The next transaction I want to cover is TFG dropping AJ Green and adding Jalen Rager for $3. Makes sense. AJ Green is just just been bad. Uh, repeat season dropping Anthony Miller and adding Joe Flacco for $2. He's having to start Joe Flacco. That should that should tell you a lot. I don't think either of us really need to say more on that. Uh, next transaction, just Joshin dropping Emmanuel Sanders to waivers and adding Jameis Winston for $15 with the news that Drew Brees is going to be out for a while. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you saw Jameis Winston go for $15? Uh, was it kind of was it lower or higher than you expected? Because I'm interested to hear what you think on this. It was significantly higher than I thought he would go for. I thought he'd go for around like $10 just because like the demand for quarterback in the Superflex League is really high. But I didn't think he'd go for $15. Really? It also doesn't, it also doesn't look all that good now that we know what what's going to happen on Sunday. Oh, yeah, obviously. So the interesting thing for me is I actually thought he would go for more. Uh, just because if you take a look at the, let me pull up the players list here. I have to open a new tab on the fly. Uh, if you look at the available quarterbacks, uh, there, there, there are no starters available. Absolutely not. Yeah, the only not. really viable option is Jalen Hurts, who's projected to have 1.5 points. Yeah, and like that's the best available. Or maybe you talk about Jacoby Brissett, because I know they've brought him in when uh, they've been looking to do like QB option things and uh and like deeper passes uh, over there in Indy, but that's it. That's absolutely it. So not looking good for quarterbacks. That's why I figured a QB needy team would pay a premium for him, just because he is a starting quarterback. He does. He does have talent. Like I, I think that much is abundantly clear. It's just can he harness that talent and actually be a consistent option? Uh, I thought he would go for more. Just kind of a maybe someone with fab just dropping a ton of it just to try and get that last QB option, maybe to cover a yeah, bye week or something. That, yeah, now that makes a little bit more sense because he has Josh Allen who was on bye. Oh, yeah. And he has no other quarterback, and he's starting Damian Harris at his offensive position. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's not great. I mean, Damian Harris, you, you could absolutely do worse, but still it's Yeah, it's not it's bad, not great. but it's also the fact that you're in a super flex league starting another player that's not like obviously high volume of player for sure uh the next transaction is jack bar dropping dj dallas and adding naheem hines for 15 dollars uh the way naheem hines has been performing in fantasy he's the running back 18 on the season uh after a monster week 10 at tennessee uh putting up 26 points uh i think that could be a good move just getting another another potential starting running back on that team and then yeah Oh, the sorry, funny go ahead. thing is, yeah, the funny thing that is that I wanted to add Naheem Hines after his dud week, the week prior, where he only put up like four points or whatever it was, but I completely forgot to do that. Oh, we've, so all, I, we've all been there. Uh, let's see. The next transaction is actually kind of a big one. It is a trade between you and I. Uh you acquired Jared Goff and John Brown. I acquired Kirk Cousins and Corey Davis. 
Now, the first thing I want to point out is taking a look at Jared Goff's fantasy football playoff schedule, he plays New England, the Jets, and Seattle. So if you get past New England, it's just a cupcake schedule. Uh, However, his matchup this week is at Tampa Bay. And Kirk Cousins' matchup this week is home against Dallas. Granted, home field advantage doesn't mean a whole lot uh, in these times, but still, I took a long-term L on this trade by trading for Kirk Cousins solely to get Kirk Cousins, who has a better matchup for this week. I will acknowledge that, and I will acknowledge that if Kirk Cousins does not perform this week, you win the trade hands down. Because Corey Davis for John Brown, I don't want to say it's necessarily a push, but neither of them are moving the needle, especially on my team with my wide receivers. So, this is a move solely to beat you, which we will get to later on in the episode. But what, what were your thoughts on trying to make that trade? I was solely making this trade for the fact that Drew Brees got hurt, and I wanted a better option for the playoffs than Kirk Cousins. And I would rather I would rather take the less points off for Goff this week. I have confidence in the rest of my team that I can uh, pull out the win against you this week, rather than just solely betting on Kirk Cousins putting up twenty plus points because I've done that before and Kirk Cousins has bit me in the ass. That's that's totally fair. I don't know. Kirk Cousins pulled through for me a couple times last season, so maybe I'm maybe I'm riding too high off of that. But moving on to the next day of transactions, only one for Thursday the nineteenth. Uh, you dropped Justin Jackson and added J.D. McKissick. I think this is a pretty self-explanatory move. Uh, is uh, just I mean Justin Jackson obviously on IR and J.D. McKissick is maybe not a great option in fantasy but he he's serviceable and these last few weeks he's put up respectable numbers 11.4 6.1 a bye week 12.7 and 14.4 uh that receiving floor is really doing doing wonders for him yeah it, it was just a solely to get justin jackson off my roster with the uh, austin eckler coming back possibly in week 12 mm-hmm so I just wanted to get Justin Jackson off my roster, and J.D. McKissick was really the best option for me at the time, looking at it. So That's true, yeah. If I was in a pinch for running back for this week, I would have just started J.D. McKissick. Like, if it was announced that one of my running backs wouldn't play this week, I could I would just throw J.D. McKissick. Yeah, and I mean, I, I wouldn't feel great about it, but I also wouldn't feel awful. You could do a whole lot worse than J.D. McKissick. Yeah. All right, next day of transactions, Friday, November 20th. Uh, you dropped Darnell Mooney to add Taysom Hill for a dollar. Uh, just a quick disclaimer. Our league voted on this uh, due to the fact that Taysom Hill is listed as a tight end in this league. Uh, we voted to only allow him to be played at either QB or... or He's listed as tight end, comma QB. Uh, but in this league, we voted to only allow him to be played at QB or... Uh, offensive player we are not allowing him in the tight end slot just because he he is a starting quarterback in this league technically at this point so uh i can kind of understand a bit more there why he went for a dollar just because you'd have to you'd have to be in a position where he would be your best starting quarterback or one of your two best starting quarterbacks uh 
So I can understand how you want him for a dollar there, but ha- have you put any thought into starting him this week? That's my big question. Um, I put in a good little bit of thought just because of the matchup, but it's like honestly kind of scary that I'm starting Taysom Hill in a must-win game in his first ever NFL start over a guy who's pretty consistent. That is that is very true. Uh, if I was in your position, I would probably do the same. I would probably start Jared Goff. As much as I want to say I would start Taysom Hill, I, I'll i be honest, the thought has absolutely crossed my mind of Taysom Hill being named the starting quarterback. You can't see the air quotes I'm doing, but I promise you they're there. And, like, the first passing play, he comes off the field and Jameis Winston comes in. Like, I... Yeah, I, it, it's just really nerve-wracking because I don't... Like, it's it, it could be just a total, like, just like when um, Nathan Peterman came in for the Bills and got benched. Like, I wonder how many people started Nathan Peterman that week and Tyra Taylor came in halfway through the game. Yeah, I, I I feel that. Um, I I don't think there's a whole lot to say on this, just because it's so it's so much uncertainty. But here's the thing: if you get him, like if he really is the starting quarterback, and he he's like if he's not bad for the rest of the year, you get another chance to start him at, uh, against Atlanta in Week 13, and you get a Week 12 matchup in Denver, which it could be yeah, a whole lot then worse. Breeze possibly could be back by that second event. Oh really? I thought I thought Breeze was out for a lot longer. Did he get? No, he got thrown on. He got thrown on IR, so he's out for at least three weeks. At least three weeks. So, uh, Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta are all Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Yeah. But even then, let like assume Breeze is out for much longer, and they're like trying to keep him healthy for the playoffs and just give him extra rest. Mm-hmm. If you look at Taysom Hill's like fantasy football playoff schedule, it's the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Vikings. Those are three solid matchups yeah so like the Chiefs is the only one I would be worried about at that point I would throw maybe a little bit of worry onto the Eagles as well but yeah their defense can be yeah definitely but I I think the Chiefs are definitely the the toughest fantasy matchup uh there so yeah I just think that's a that's a really interesting signing uh the next one uh, still Friday, November 20th, Jack Barr dropping the Eagles defense and adding the Vikings defense. Uh, I can see this. We're playing Dallas. I don't know who Dallas is starting. I think it's Andy Dalton at this point. I think he's back. Uh, uh, yes, Andy Dalton to face off against Vikings for just the third time in uh, his career via Vikings wire. So Also, no issue. Didn't see Andy Dalton said he suffered memory loss after he got hit in the head. Oh my, what? I did not. He said he suffered, like, the report said that he suffered memory loss after the concussion. And then, like, a week, like, a week later, he got COVID and him and his family got COVID. Oh my god. Oh, that is awful. I am. Wow. I did not know that. That is awful. My my thoughts go out to the Dalton family. That is that is brutal. Uh wow. All right. Uh <laughs> Yeah. 
man, 2020 is a year. Uh, Saturday, oh, no, I, like, I, I think the best I can do is just keep moving on. I, that's awful. Oh my God. Saturday, November 21st, uh, repeat season adds Adrian Peterson, drops Jarek McKinnon. Uh, he needed a running back. Adrian Peterson was that running back. Uh, and like Adrian Peterson's stat line for the last four games, 3.5, 1.7, 5.8, 3.5. And if I'm not mistaken, he's starting Adrian Peterson. That's his running back situation. Know, I will let you I will let you know DeAndre Swift is out with a concussion. Oh, all right. All right. That is that is a bit better. So if it, I was him, I probably would have picked up Carry on Johnson, but the safe bet is with Adrian Peterson. There is no announced starter for the running back position for Sunday yet, currently. True. And I, I, I think almost in a committee I would rather have Adrian Peterson just because I feel like he would get a good amount of goal line work. Yeah, he's fairly consistent. If he, if when Swift isn't there, he's fairly consistent. Probably the most consistent guy. True. Uh, next transaction is Master Chef Russ adding the Chiefs' defense for a dollar, dropping the Bears' defense. Uh, the Bears' defense on by this week, uh, and then a pretty tough offensive uh, or schedule for a defense coming up. Uh, the Chiefs' defense uh, up against the Raiders is a bit questionable. Uh, I did not take a look at the rest of the defenses available let me actually just pull that up uh i normally don't highlight defenses but whenever you see something like the bears defense getting dropped it is a bit questionable uh okay yeah no uh looking at it that's yeah that's probably the uh it's probably the best option honestly unless you really wanted to like risk it with the bengals defense maybe like that's that's honestly it. That's one of the few that I would actually start because just or because they play the Washington, or with the Colts, maybe. I mean, maybe. They're the number one defense slash special teams this year. That is that is true, and they have been they have been extremely good. I thought about picking them up myself. Uh, I'm just I'm just a bit too scared of their upcoming. Uh, like they're one of the few defenses this year that defense slash special teams that haven't had negative points. That's true. Uh, their lowest points output was three. Their highest was twenty-seven. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was a bit that was a bit interesting. So, the last two transactions uh, for the day, Saturday, November twenty-first, uh, just Josh and dropping Devin Singletary and adding Brett Ripian, who I believe is starting. No, Drew Lock is starting. Uh. They announced that they announced that after. Oh, they, they announced, announced that like they announced that at like three o'clock that Drew Locke was going to play this week. Oh, I gotcha. All right, uh, but dropping Devin Singletary is also a bit, a bit interesting. I mean, his production has tapered off, especially in fantasy over the last few weeks. Uh, but yeah, I, I just thought that was I thought that was kind of an interesting interesting move uh, for someone who really went high in a lot of fantasy football drafts. Uh, and then the final transaction, Eric Ebron added by Jack Barr, who dropped Jamal Williams. Uh, I think this makes sense. Eric Ebron up against Jacksonville should be good. He's the tight end 15. He's had some success this year. Uh, I just think it's solid. Yeah, it's a solid matchup. Mm-hmm. All right, now going on to the free agent offers report. Uh, like I did last week, I'm going to try and only go over duplicate offers, and even then only on some of the big 
uh, the big name free agents just to try and cut out some of the clutter that is the free agent offers report because as much as I love it, it's still organized very poorly. So the first one I want to cover is Naheem Hines. Uh, starting on Wednesday, November 18th, Jack Barr added him for $15. Other bids on Naheem Hines included uh, you, actually, were the next highest bid at $2, which I find kind of interesting. Uh, repeat Season also bid $2. Uh, Jack Barr put in another bid of $1 on Naheem Hines, I guess is a contingency play. In case of other... Uh, in case uh, the bids got uh, put in in a weird manner, just Josh and he also oh, could have had another. He also could have had another player he was dropping for him. That's also he true. could have been drop. He could have been dropping the same player for another guy, and just had a one dollar bidded on him to see if he could get him with for dropping another player. That's a fair point. Uh, Jameis Winston, the other big free agent, uh, just Josh and picked him up for fifteen dollars. The next closest bid. Uh, was repeat season, bidding $3 on him. Uh, Jack Barr also bid 3 on Jameis. Uh, Drew Lock Truther bid a dollar on Jameis. Uh, you bid a dollar on Jameis. So lots of bid on lots of bids on Jameis Winston, but not a lot of not a lot of uh, success there. It was really 15 and then 3. So you can really see people getting uh, getting stretched a bit thin on their fab. Yeah, which someone has like four dollars left. Let's actually take a look here. So, the Fab budget: Uh, Snuffy the Seal has forty-nine. Drew Lock Truther has twenty-five. Danny Dollars has twenty-nine. TFG has thirteen. I have sixteen. You have eight. Master Chef Russ has nine. Repeat season is three. Just Joshin has three, and Jack Barr has thirty-one. So uh, I will I will note TSG's uh, money would be a little higher if he didn't spend fifty four dollars on AJ Green. I mean, I kind of am fine with. I don't want to say I'm fine with that. I could totally see the reasoning behind it, but that was still a ridiculous bid on AJ Green. So I think I think you said that week that the next highest bid was like, or no, no one bid on AJ Green. Yeah, it was like it was just AJ Green. So, but I mean, who knows? I. I've put in some stupid bids before. This is also coming from a person who accidentally spent $35 on Adrian. I mean, you did get some good production out of Adrian Peterson, though, so it's not for like, like... For like three weeks. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but that's about $10 a week. That's It could be worse. Yeah. All right, and those were actually the only duplicate bids, so we are done with the free agency offers report. Uh, all right, and now we are moving on to the standings. This is going to be interesting. So the way our league works is we have two divisions, East and West. They mean nothing. Those are just the basic names. Uh, however, we do not use divisions uh, for playoffs. It is just the top six via record. And then the first tiebreaker is points four. And I don't know what's after that, but the chances that two people have the exact same amount of points for uh, for their team for a given season, including decimals, is astronomical. So the uh, uh, the standings go. Currently at the one seed, we have TFG at ten and zero. Uh, no surprise, he is the he has the most wins in the in the league by far. Next up at the two seed we have just Joshin. 
At the three seed, we have Danny Dollars. Four seed is Jack Barr. Five seed is Master Chef Ross. All three of them are at six and four. Just Josh is at eight and two. I did not mention that. And then uh, repeat season is the six seed at five and five. So the reason this is so interesting is there are three teams. There's, all right, technically, technically, there are four teams that are able to make the playoffs at this point, or like four people in contention. Uh, Drew Locktruther, as I just noticed, is very technically in contention. He would have to win out. And uh, then beat Trevor for points. Yeah. Or beat anyone for points. And that's what it would have to be. And considering he has the second fewest points in the league, uh, that's maybe not super likely. So, but the real conversation is between you, me, and Trevor, repeat season. Because I I view the three teams at six and four, Jack Barr, Danny Dollars, and Master Chef Russ, I view all of them as... They're technically not locked into the playoffs, but I feel very comfortable saying that they will all make it, barring a barring major, major injuries. But when you take a look at the sixth seed, the key is that you and I play this week. If I lose, I cannot make the playoffs. If you lose, this becomes incredibly interesting because Trevor is not projected to win this week via ESPN and I also just I also just do believe that the matchup is Danny in Dollar. Danny Dollar's favor. Yeah. So we take let's assume that he loses this week just for just for speculation. That puts him just at 5 hypothetically. and Yeah, hypothetically. That puts him at 5 and 6. If you win this week, you are tied. You lose the tiebreaker on points, but you're tied. If I win this week. I jump up to 4 and 7. I am a game behind. And I only need to win I would need to win one more game than he does for the rest of the season and make up like the 100 point difference or just with this week with, with this week it is very possible you could make up the 100 yeah, Not I, just the 100-point difference, but make the 100-point difference very small. Oh, yeah, no. If I score 100 more points than him this week, I would be extremely concerned. Uh, Which you are not projected to score 100 more points than him. You're projected to score 20 more points. No. Uh, especially having Kenyon Drake and DK Metcalf already played, I don't see a single person on my roster that goes off for that much. Like... I could totally see Julio doing it just because he's been known to do that in his career. Because he's Julio Jones, just solely. I mean, yeah, he's... Is he my favorite wide receiver in the NFL right now? I think he might be. I flip-flop on that a lot, but... uh, Yeah, so... And this is this is honestly part of the reason I made the Kirk Cousins trade, is because if I beat you this week... Or rather, not if I beat you, is I need to beat you this week. If I don't, I lose. And I just did not have enough faith in Jared Goff, especially after the last few weeks of not putting up the uh, the best numbers. Granted, he was still good against Seattle. Uh, I don't know why I felt like I trusted Kirk Cousins more, because that's just a very dangerous statement to make. But I, I do. 
in the you're this... a viking fan aren't you i am that does not mean <laughs> i like kirk cousins i was i was against the contract i was against the extension i was not against the signing to begin with i thought he was a very i thought he was i mean an upgrade over the other quarterbacks on the market at the time so i thought i thought it was a good signing i just didn't like the contract at all fair enough uh, so yeah, I think, I, I don't think I will make the playoffs. I think like just based on the odds of it, it would take a lot, but I do have a chance and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I make the most of this chance. Yeah. So that's enough about it for my end. Uh, what about you? What are your thoughts on this? I'm just going to double check something in the league settings uh, so you can just go ahead and talk. Yeah, like I'm a little worried with you projected to beat me this week by 10 points, but also I think just ESPN is like looking at just the players on the roster and the matchups and projecting that. I'm, I'm not like as worried as like I should be but if I could even make the playoffs with just the amount of like really bad injuries I've had to my team this year, I would be insanely happy that I even made it to the playoffs after starting one and three. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And as someone who was in the position that you were last year, I got screwed with injuries. Granted, mine was the inverse of yours. I had a really healthy start to my season, but then everything fell apart. It was not good. Same thing happened to me last year as well. I I think I remember like the only, the the person who single-handedly carried me to the playoffs was Mike Evans. And uh, uh, yeah, then he got hurt like before the playoffs. And I just, I still won a first round game. I don't know how, but that's beside the point. Like, if you make the playoffs, I can see your team making noise just because you have a good team. I did not have a good team. And the fact that Austin Eckler is getting healthy. That shores up your running back group. And then you're looking at, Kareem like... Hunt, Austin Eckler. And then my receivers, just looking at them, fantasy point-wise, they're all solid. They're all, they're all better than solid. Like, you have a... I'm not sure where I come down on T. Higgins as a fantasy football football wide receiver, other than he's very good. Like I couldn't, I if you asked me to rank him in the like in the top top X, I don't think I could give you a number for that. I just know he's good, and I know I'm still upset I didn't get him even after ten weeks. Funny thing is, I've said this multiple times in the league chat. I was actually thinking, like, the first two or three weeks, I was thinking about dropping T. Higgins for some other players. I was praying you would. I saw that in the league chat, and I'm like, please, 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 please. But I've stat- but I've, st- I've just stashed him on the bottom of my roster. Even with all the injuries I've had to my running backs and just in general, I just stashed him there, and now he's my flex player because I have Calvin Ridley, Cooper, Cup, and AJ true you've also made some good trades to acquire uh specifically calvin ridley uh just to really shore up that wide receiver core it's always good to get a to trade for a, a top 10 fantasy football wide receiver and he's only what is he now wide receiver six or something like that he's wide, wide receiver nine wide receiver nine he's wide, he's wide receiver nine only because he got hurt was out for half the game against carolina 
and then missed all of week nine and then had a bye week week ten. Mm-hmm. I would like to take a moment to just give a little bit of a reminder to anyone in the league who listens to the uh, to this. Our trade line, our trade trade line, trade deadline is November twenty fifth at uh, eleven a.m. Central. Just a heads up. Uh, so if there's any last minute trades you're trying to hammer out, I would recommend you do that now. Uh, I almost made the mistake last year of not knowing when it was and banking on selling high and uh, then not getting to take advantage of that. Thankfully, I made that choice. Uh, I made my decision a bit sooner and did get uh, did get things figured out. But uh, let's see. I am just trying to take a look at this. All right. Uh, the other segment that I want to do before we are, is there anything else you want to add on to the playoff race for the sixth seed? Just because I feel like oh. we're, bo- we're both in agreement that the, the three, four, and five are pretty much locked in. Only that if Trevor's team was not as banged up as it is, I would have no question saying that he was that he would win out and make the playoffs at the sixth seed for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I the fact that I went from being happy to play spoiler to believing I could actually make the playoffs and make noise because I, I think my team is good enough to make noise in the playoffs. I think almost everybody's team in the yeah, league is. Yeah, your team made an incredible comeback after starting uh, what? Like you started one and one and six, and then went and then have won the two of the last three games you've played. Wait, no way! I did. I actually start one and six. Yeah, you you uh, lost four in a row, then won week five, then lost week six and seven. Oh heck yeah! I mean, I knew I knew I had more wins uh, later on in the season. I just didn't think I started one and six. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that you beat Danny Dollars, who was nervous all week the week that he was playing me, and he and I was telling him the entire time that he was a hundred percent going to beat me, and he was like, "Canada beat me," and I was a hundred percent sure that I was going to beat him. That all right? That was also the god week from my team, where uh, I mean. It, it's whatever it happens when you start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Things just have a way of working themselves out. Uh, that was also the Brandon Cooks breakout week, so I'm fine with that. Uh, but the last thing that I want to touch on is I do want to go over that Zeke trade one more time. So I was looking at this right before I started the show. So I traded Zeke to Master Chef Russ. Zeke is currently the RB7. Uh, I also traded him Robert Woods. I do not have the details on the Robert Woods trade, so I'm not going to be able to include what he got in return for Robert Woods in his uh, in his rankings. But Robert Woods is currently the uh, wide receiver 19 on Danny Dollars. So four, and, and T.Y. Hilton was in there too, but he's a throwaway, and I'm not going to include him in this trade for the purposes of my point. But I, I traded away right now who he got for Robert Woods. He got. He traded Robert Woods, Robert Tanyan, and Leonard Burnett to Danny Dollars for Micah Siki, Ben Roethlisberger, and Juju Smith-Schuster. All right, so Big Ben's the QB10. Uh, Micah Siki's the tight end 17, and then Juju, you said? Yeah. Uh, all right, he traded Juju. This is going to be a rabbit hole that I cannot find <laughs> the bottom of, so I'm just I'm just going to cut yeah. it off there. Just cut it off. <laughs> uh, but I in return, I got back 
Miles Sanders, the running back 26th uh, with injuries, like he was he was out week one, he was out week seven, eight, and then by week nine. Uh, Antonio Gibson, the running back 11. And DK Metcalf, the current wide receiver one. Granted, he does have the benefit of playing an extra week. Uh, and those 12 points that he did get did put him above a few other names on this list. Uh, so if he did, if he did not play this week, he would have had 150.1 points, putting him at the wide receiver, uh, wide receiver five behind Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Tyler Lockett, and Devonte Adams. Uh, so all in all, I, I still think, I still think for trading away Zeke, which I thought at the time was going to be a total L. I, it was a desperation trade, if anything. Uh, I think it worked out extremely well for me, which is something I never thought that, I'd say. It it kind of saved your season. Despite you being 3-7, and seven, it gave you a chance to be in the situation where you're at right now. Simply because DK is a monster. And he that's what gives me hope for the next two weeks, is his matchups are Philadelphia and the Giants. And if I make the playoffs somehow, some way, his first two matchups are the Jets and Washington. That's great. Granted, he has to go up up against Jalen Ramsey again in the championship round, but I kind of don't expect to make it that far. But if I were to, that would be that would be disappointing. Uh, But yeah, I just wanted to go over that because it's one of the one of the very interesting instances of a trade that was viewed in the very beginning as a win-win or as a, as a loss for me. And then I came around to thinking of it as a win-win where I got depth, which I desperately needed. And, uh, uh, shoot, I'm blanking. Uh, master chef Russ got, uh, got an upgrade to me winning the trade. It shows that fantasy football is really fluid and being able to adjust and make those changes is, uh, is extremely important. So, with all that being said, I think it is finally time to start going over the games for this week. And, as per usual, the game that we start with is my game, Team Canada versus you. What's in your wallet? Uh, oh my god, I just got that. How did it take me this long? Oh my god what like four weeks at first i don't know why i thought it was something like watching your wallet but what's in your wallet and now it's what's on your wallet like capital one i oh as much as i love puns that's bad blame my dad for that one i mean it's a great pun anyway uh i'm projecting to start matthew stafford miles sanders antonio gibson Julio, Brandon Cooks, DK Metcalf, Darren Waller, Kenyon Drake, Kirk Cousins, and the Washington defense. And you're projecting to, st- uh, to start Deshaun Watson, Kareem Hunt, Kalen Balaj, AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, TJ Hawkinson, Calvin Ridley, Jared Goff, and the Ravens defense. I am projected to win 142 to 132, uh, but I think this game is going to be much closer than that. I think it's also projecting your points on top of Metcalf and Drake already playing and having 
good week, but just solely for the fact that Drake outperformed that his projection. True. I think I think overall it comes out to about a wash. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it, it it's about let's see, uh, twenty five point nine versus twenty six point one. So even if it's counting the points they actually scored, that's only point two more. So it's a like if it yeah. was, it doesn't really matter if it was projections or yeah. actual score. It's it's going to be very close. Yeah. Uh, are there any players you want to highlight on your roster for this matchup that you think could um, really just provide you the edge? Probably Kalen Ballard versus the Jets. I can see that. Or th- or uh, T Higgins versus Washington. I, I think T. Higgins versus Washington is is the big one in my eyes. I think he could really, really go on above and beyond this week. And I know this is going to make me sound like a homer, but Hawkinson, just for the sole fact that Galladay is not playing and he's actually healthy this week. That's true. Tight end three after all. He's tight end three after putting up, what, two points last week? Two points last week, being injured another week, yeah. So... I, I think those are some good choices. Uh, as for me, uh, the player I actually really want to highlight is, uh, I mean, b- all right, besides Kirk Cousins, because I already kind of highlighted that. Uh, I do want to shine a little bit of a spotlight on Julio Jones, which sounds weird because he's Julio Jones. Uh, but I just think that he's been really good since coming back from injury. His lowest points since doing that is 13.7 uh granted he is going up against a new orleans defense that is it, it's not bad but it's also not awful or it's, it's not bad better but it, as of late yeah it, it's been a lot better as of late uh i just think if he goes off i think this could really shut the game in my favor uh miles sanders is a a, a player i'm almost a little bit worried about just because I, I don't know. Defensive line is so good. Yeah, and th- there's something about it where it's like I almost get the feeling it's going to be one of those one of those weeks where I'm I'm not going to be super happy. But uh, yeah, that that's really about it. Uh, I think I think both of us are starting our quote unquote best lineups. Uh, there's no one I would change on on either side here. Uh, on unlo- the only exception I would make is. Is Taysom Hill if you really just wanted to like the thing is if you won while starting Taysom Hill like <laughs> that's just that's just dunking on your opponent to the extreme. I will say this: he was rostered in only what what number is that five like four point seven percent of leagues prior to this week, and now he's rostered in seventy seven point seven. Oh yeah, and I mean I I, I said it in our in our. Uh, Discord server. I've had him on my watch list since like immediately after the draft, because I saw that he was listed at tight end, and I'm like, if something happens to Drew Brees, like in the middle of a game, or like even just as a, I don't know, like I'm assuming he's his points are as a tight end. He's the tight end twenty five. Yeah, like that's it's not great but you could be doing a whole lot worse. So, I think I think that would be I think that would be interesting. Uh 
yeah, other than that, I think it's a, I think it's just going to be a, a close game where these matchups, like, it seems like a pretty difficult week for both of our matchups, which is interesting because we're both projected to score, like, a decent amount of points, so. Like, honestly, this week might just come back, come down to Julio Jones and Calvin. Oh, yeah. Like, whichever one of them goes off, I think, I think that person will win. So, uh, do you have any more uh, comments on this game, or do you want to move on to the next one? Let's just go on to the next one. All right. Next up, we have Danny Dollars versus Repeat Season. Danny Dollars projecting to start Russ, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, Marvin Jones, Hunter Henry, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Herbert, and the Steelers' defense. Repeat Season projecting to start Matt Ryan, Salvin Ahmed, Adrian Peterson, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Travis Kelsey, Daryl Henderson, Joe Flacco, and the Dolphins' defense. Danny Dollars projected to win 155.9 to the 120.4 of repeat season. And I think, I don't think those projections will necessarily hold up, but I think it is not going to be a particularly close game. Yeah, just based on the, the roster construction of repeat season on the other side, just as of recently. Yeah, I... I really just think it's the running back injuries and the fact that the trade for Raheem Mostert did not pan out. Uh, Miles Gaskin going on to IR. Wayne Gallman's on a bye. Uh, Joe Mixon's on IR. It's just really, really awful injury luck for repeat season. Uh, he he has great wide receivers, but the fact that he doesn't even have potentially serviceable running backs at this point is extremely concerning. I mean, granted, Salvin Ahmed had a good week last week, and Adrian Peterson, you could do a heck of a lot worse, but if you even had just one, like, running back two on that roster, I would feel so much better. If he does make the playoffs, there is a silver line to that, the fact that he'll get, hopefully, Joe Mixon back for, for the first round of the playoffs. Very true. Very true. And that that would be that would be huge because if Joe Mixon's uh, who's his matchup against? Uh, it's it's against, against Dallas. Uh, yeah, that was a game back when I was uh like back before the season even started. I I projected uh Cincinnati to beat Dallas. Like even before the Dak injury, I just thought that it was going to be one of those weeks where Joe Burrow just comes out and balls out. So yeah, I think I think that would be interesting. I think this is I think this is a pretty safe game to oh yeah i forgot predictions uh for you versus me who do you who do you predict wins i mean i gotta go with myself that's that's fair honestly i would probably go with you too like i i think you'll win i think it'll be close uh i just feel like you have yeah i'm not saying i'm gonna win by like 30 points like i think it will come down to like Monday night, like, what does Goff do on Monday night? What does Cooper Cup do on Monday night? Like, yeah, exactly. all your game, all your games are in either one o'clock or four o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday night, Darren Waller. Yep, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I I think I don't know. I just feel like your X factors, your X factors, in my opinion, are T Higgins and T J Hawkinson have a much better chance of going off 
uh, just given their matchups than mine. So that's why I would choose you. I still do have faith for me, but uh, we're going to have to see. And then I think we both agree Danny Dollars beats repeat season. Yeah, like, I, I think I think uh, Trevor can make it look a little better just solely for the fact that Peterson, I don't know if he's going to be the starting running back on Sunday, for the fact that Peterson plays Carolina. And Carolina is currently the fourth worst run game in the entire NFL. Is that correct? I th- I think so, yeah. Uh, all right, moving on to the next game. We have Jack Barr versus Drew Locke, Truther. Jack Barr projected to win 144.9 to Drew Locke, Truther's 125.3. Jack Barr projecting to start Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Jones, Naheem Hines, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson, Gronk, Chase Claypool, Tom Brady, and the Vikings defense. Drew Locktruth are projecting to start Tua, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, Travis Fulgham, Devontae Parker, Curtis Samuel, Johnny Smith, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, and the Packers defense. I think this is... I think this is probably Jack Barr's game. Uh, like, I know the Raiders did a great job against Patrick Mahomes uh, the last time they played. I don't think they can do it again. I just... I think there's a lot of a lot of upside on this team. Honestly, the the thing that could really do it for me is the Gronk and Tom Brady stack against the Rams. I think there's there's a little bit of potential for a really big game from them there. I think this game will be a little bit closer than the projection is saying. Oh, I completely agree. I think the Chubb upside and the Cam Newton upside against Houston... Oh, you 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 think he'll he'll slide Cam Newton in over Tua or Derek Carr? He's starting Newton currently. Oh, really? Oh, I have to. I have to update that then. Uh, let me just refresh my page. My page isn't updated. Nope, you're right. He's starting. Uh, my, I apologize though. Let me just double check and make sure that no other big changes were made. Uh, nope, none in either of in either our game or the Danny Dollars game. Uh, so my apologies for that. Drew Lock Truther's new roster it, or new projected starting lineup is Cam Newton, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, Travis Fulgham, Devontae Parker, Curtis Samuel, Jonu Smith, Josh Jacobs, Tua, and the Packers defense. Uh, so really the only change there being Derek Carr for Cam Newton. I think it's the, honestly the better, he's just playing the matchup for this. And I honestly think I would rather go with Cam over Derek Carr just for the fact that Cam is playing Houston. That That's fair. I personally would go Derek Carr. And Houston's defense, I think, is like bottom three in the NFL. And yeah, they're not good. And I would arguably say it's just as bad as the Jets' defense. And Cam put up 24 points against the Jets' I do not have a strong feeling on that statement. I could be persuaded one way or the other. One way or the other, I it's yeah. a bad defense. Like, like obviously, it's it's a super high risk play. Oh yeah, because you're you're going against the consistency of Derek Carr, who's obviously last week six seven points, but yeah, consistent fifteen points per game every single week besides last week. Yeah, for sure. I I personally would go with Derek Carr. Uh, 
just I granted I'm I'm much more of a consistency person than a big risk person that's I I see myself doing that in a lot of as uh, am I but but with this with his team with just how it is and he has a complete outside chance of the playoffs he's just playing for pride that that's true the fact I looking at it from that lens the fact that he can still once again technically make the playoffs I think that's a I think that's that's a smarter play uh just because you, if cam gives you the mo- the more upside you that's what you got to do uh as for jack bar uh I, I i still think this is just one of the best teams in the league uh he's not from, even fully healthy he's missing chris carson yeah and when you when you, then you look at a running back trio of aaron jones naheem hines and chris carson it's just oh and ronald jones as well it's it's just insane uh I do like the Alex Smith uh, pickup on the bench. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. I, I've always just really liked Alex Smith. Anyway, he's been one of my one of my favorite players in the NFL for a long time. Honestly, uh, I just like the mental aspect of his game a lot. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's really about it. If I had to pick, if I had to pick, I'd pick Jack Barr. I don't think it's yeah. I'd go Jack Barr as, as well, but I would not be surprised with. It, depending on how Cam does and Chubb does for him, I would not be surprised to see Drew Lock Drew Third sneak one out against Jack Barr. I agree. I think if Jack Barr wins, I think it will be like honestly, depending on what happens with Cam Newton. I'm I I I think safe to say no matter what Nick Chubb does, if Cam Newton flops, it will be a much bigger win for. Oh, Jack Oh, one hundred percent. Because if Goff puts not Goff, uh, Carr puts up fifteen points. And Cam puts up seven. True, and clearly, it, and it's it, and it's not even just like, oh, Cam, like obviously, if Cam scores less points, I just think like, if Cam scores less points, uh, Drew Lock Truth will have a lower point total, of course. But I just think Cam's disaster scenario is actually has, in my opinion, a much lower floor than Carr's disaster scenario, just because for Carr, they have the ability to say, all right. Derek, you're not you're not doing great this game. Let's just give the ball to Josh Jacobs like forty and, times. Yes, Josh Jacobs as well, and it works. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of my thought. Granted, it probably wouldn't work against the Chiefs. He also is going but... against the top. He's also going against uh, the last time Carr played Kansas City. He put up almost thirty points. That is true. That was his uh, that was his best week of the year. So. Uh. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement there. And then we have uh we have the battle of something that's kind of a bit interesting at this point. Uh is TFG versus Snuffy the Seal, the undefeated team versus the team without a win. The defeated. Yeah, basically. Uh TFG is projected to lose 114.6 to the 120.4 of Snuffy the Seal. However, that is because TFG currently does not have a, another running back in his running back slot, and he actually doesn't have another healthy running back on the roster that's not on uh, that's not on by this week. Or hurt. The, true. That is interesting. Okay. I'm intrigued. I am very intrigued. The also does not have a defense. Oh, that's another good point. Uh, well, I, I'm... He has the Rams on his roster, but I don't know if he's going to start. 
yeah, I'm not sure if he would if he would start them or not. But anyway, going over the rosters, TFG starting Kyler Murray, James Robinson, uh, empty running back slot, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, Alan Lazard, Mark Andrews, Jamison Crowder, Joe Burrow, and the Chargers defense. Snuffy the Seal starting Baker Mayfield, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Mike Davis, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Robbie Anderson, Jared Cook, Marquise Brown, Aaron Rodgers, and the Houston Oilers defense. What? I mean, the Houston Oilers don't exist, and neither does a defense in his slot, so that's what I was going for. Uh, I think TFG wins this game. Like, I mean, I don't, even, I, I don't even think that's a, a thing that you should hesitate to say. With I him mean, being 10-0, going up against the 0-10 team. That's true. But now, I don't know what he's going to do at running back. That, that is the big question. Like, the, currently, the best running back on the market projected by ESPN is Rex Burke. Oh, no. Oh, and no. The, and, then the next, and then the next one's Matt Burita. Like, oh. honestly, he might just pick back up carry on Johnson. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, that's... He had carry on Johnson at one point in Cousins. That's that's probably what I would do. Like, maybe Lev Bell, potentially. But with Hilaire starting? I, I mean, wouldn't. yeah. Tony Pollard. There's there's Bill. not a lot. That's, that's, there... the same, that's the same thing as Lev Bell. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, you're getting into backup running backs at this point. It is not looking good. Uh... So that's why I was almost a little bit hesitant, just because missing a defense versus missing a running back, obviously it leans in, like, you, the person who's missing the running back hurts more. But looking at Snuffy the Seals' team, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if they get out to an early lead and start to decide, like, all right, we're just gonna we're just going to get this game over with, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could be more useful. Baker Mayfield versus Philadelphia could be an actually good play this week. Uh, Chris Godwin versus the Rams. If you match up Jalen Ramsey on uh, on Mike Evans, which you might have to do just because of the size profile, uh, just because Mike Evans is so big, and I mean, it, he's Mike Evans is one of the players that I think could really bust the game open for uh, for the Bucks. So matching uh, matching Jalen Ramsey up against him could be good. Uh, Chris Godwin is the other person he would go against, but even still, you're leaving Antonio Brown open at that point. Uh, Deontay Johnson at Jacksonville has some upside. Robbie Anderson and Mike Davis at Detroit also do have a little bit of upside as well. Same with Jared Cook versus Atlanta. Like, it would be... I mean, I'm... like, how how funny would it be if the 0-10 team gets the 10-0 team their first one? Oh, I... Oh, my God. Because I... no one's been able to beat him. Did he beat Snuffy to steal earlier this year? I, I would assume so. I would assume so because they're in, they're yeah, in the same division. Yeah, he beat him week two. He beat him week two. Yeah, so, so this is a this is a uh, this is an interesting game because is there a world where TSG is not the number one seed? Because he plays just Josh from the last week of the season. Then yes, TFG would have to. He would he have would, to. He would have to lose this week and the week after against Trevor. And then he would play Jeff Johnson for the one seed, and Josh Johnson would obviously have to win. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think it's also a big, uh, no, Josh Johnson would actually have to win out, I think, just because he is, 
he's about 100 points behind TFG. So while he yeah, could right. make up some of that, it's still not easy. So I think the easiest route is winning out, but uh, we'll have to see on that. So, yeah, I, I will pick TFG to win. Honestly, it's, it's a coin flip for me. And, and it's it's weird to say that with how good TFG's roster is. This is the weirdest screen I am looking at. Like, both teams are missing a player. One team's 10-0, and 0, one team's 0-10, but the 0-10 <laughs> team actually might have better matchups. I Honestly, I think TFG's best option for running back is to try and trade for someone. That's a... Hmm... I might not be so sure. Ah, actually, wait a minute. I think you might be right. It's either that or he does have two defenses on his roster. I know he really likes the Bucks defense, uh, but ju- I-, I think it's time to. I think it's time to drop one. Honestly. Well, he picked the Chargers this week because they're playing. I mean, yeah. I I think. I think you do at this point have to pick one and pick up a running back though, just because looking at the rest of his roster, there's not a whole lot of people that I would really look at dropping. Like you can't drop CMC. You can't drop Diggs, You can't drop Swift, Montgomery, even, even Shepard and Rager, I think both have decent upside. So yeah, just for the fact that his wide receiver room isn't that crazy deep. I would not draw. I would not like first instantly think to drop one of those two yeah exactly so i think it's going to be very very interesting i still do project him to win just because i do think he has an avenue to get a running back whether that be via trade or via uh picking up rex person yeah via, yeah via free agency uh i just think he he does get the win this week i would not be surprised if snuffy the co wins that might be the first time i've said that all season i apologize if that's true but yeah, th- this this could be the upset of the this could be the upset of the year if it goes through. Holy hinges on what he does at running back. Very true. And then moving on to the last game, we have Master Chef Russ versus Just Joshin. Master Chef Russ projected to win one hundred and thirty four point four to the one hundred and twenty three of Just Joshin. MasterChef Russ projecting to start Lamar, James Conner, Zeke, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Juju, Hayden Hurst, Will Fuller, and Big Ben. His defense slot is empty, but he does have the Chiefs defense on the bench. Just Joshin projecting to start Tannehill, Kamara, Todd Gurley, Devontae Adams, DJ Chark, Tyler Boyd, Dalton Schultz, Melvin Gordon, Damian Harris, and the Titans defense. I think this is a bit of a rough week for just Joshin with uh with Josh jo- yeah with Josh Allen on bye. I think it's it's very rough. Not to mention Jameis Winston not being the starter, Brett Ripien not being the starter. His two pickups for potential starting yeah, quarterbacks were both foiled. You can't blame him for trying. Oh, you absolutely cannot. Uh so going into today, everyone thought Brett Ripien was or Brett Ripon was going to start this week versus Miami. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's just not it's just not good. Granted, he is eight and two. He is locked into the playoffs. Like there is there is no world where he does not make the playoffs just because the 
the current the current highest wins outside of the playoffs is you with four you're four and six and you can't like he can't lose enough games to to make up that difference so it doesn't really matter a whole lot for a first round buy it would be it, it would be crucial i don't think he's in any real danger of losing that unless he goes like oh and three but with josh allen and alvin Kamara, i highly doubt that <laughs> so if i had to pick i would probably pick master chef russ uh just for the fact that he started another quarterback for me yeah yeah, and I mean that other quarterback is Big Ben versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville. So th- I will say though, the one thing that could be skewing things in his favor is it is Lamar versus Tennessee, and we do know that Tennessee matches up well against the Ravens, as we saw last year in the playoffs. But I mean, these aren't the same Ravens that they played in the playoffs. They are not. Are they better or worse? I I honestly don't. Oh, what the comment on that? That, that's the question for me. I think, if we are speaking objectively, I think, all right, objectively they're better because their team is more, I don't want to say well-rounded, but their defense got a lot of good pieces this offseason and during the season as well. But I think on the offensive side of the ball, it could potentially be, I don't want to say worse, just because of the fact that last year it really was a gimmick-heavy offense, and all people needed to do was to catch on. Uh, but the fact that they seem to be leaning on this passing game that is not working, as I predicted it would not... can shut down Mark Andrews. That is true. And I think if you're talking about controlling, like, if, they, if the Ravens are going to pass, if you're going to talk about, like, or uh, maybe try some more read option stuff. If you're talking about an edge player that really can focus on stopping the run and do a lot in the run game, uh, Jadavian Clowney is near the top of that list. I will stop you there. Jadavian Clowney just got cut on IR today. Oh, really? Oh, all right. I needed to look at more football news today because I am <laughs> way behind. Uh, okay, so I would like to retract that statement. Jadavian Clowney cannot do that if he's on IR. Uh, but even still, they didn't have him last year, and it was it was fine. Uh, I I I think there is some potential for a dud game from Lamar. Uh, would I project that? Probably not, but it's there. Uh, let's see, other than that, yeah. Oh, Juju at Jacksonville as well. I think that's another and good James matchup. Connor at Jacksonville. Oh wow, just. Steelers whole, go up early. Whole Connor Steelers offense running huh? all over them. Yeah. Uh, yeah Honestly, I, I think I think Bill Fuller against New England is probably a really underrated matchup. Oh, I would completely agree. Because just for the fact that New England is sixth against quarterback this year, I don't know what they're against wide receiver currently, but yeah. Uh, Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks? Because I mean, they're kind of the same player. <laughs> I mean, Will Fuller obviously does almost everything better. Yeah, the Patriots. The Patriots are 14th against wide receivers this year. But all right, I mean, Will Fuller has a chance to bust open any play. Oh yeah, and and Gilmore has not been necessarily Stephon Gilmore of last year this year. Oh no, and I don't. I don't think he was ever like the truly. I don't think he was ever truly like an elite. Uh, like 
may, maybe not elite against guarding against some of the fastest wide receivers. Like, he obviously could, but if he gets beat, I don't think he has the speed to really, or like the same speed as uh, some of the very, and very Will fast Ford receivers. And Will has not just been a, bit, a deep threat this year. Oh, no. He's, he's more he's, of an actual wide receiver. He, is, he's, he has expanded his game a ton. And... Kind of like Robbie Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. They have been two of the two of the big breakouts this year, in my opinion. I mean, people already respected Will Fuller, but I think this year he's just been not only better. Healthy. He's just he, yeah, he's just been healthy. I don't even want to say better because I feel like a lot of people knew this is what Will Fuller could like, be, but he was just like never last healthy. year. I yeah, like last year I had the Watson and Will Fuller stack, and it just only hinged on the fact can Will Fuller stay healthy? Mm-hmm. And obviously he couldn't. Yeah. So, I think this is. I think this is a matchup that MasterChef Russ probably wins. Unless Josh Goshen makes some sort of trade for a quarterback, I I, I say this is MasterChef Russ. Even if he doesn't make a trade for a quarterback, I could potentially see a world where he where he wins, like because he has Alvin Kamara who can go off, Devontae Adams can take over games, Tyler Boyd potentially against Washington could be good, especially if they put a lot of attention on T. Higgins. Uh, and Dalton, Dalton, Schultz, Dalton Schultz, who plays Minnesota, and the last time he played a really bad defense was um, against Atlanta. Yeah, so I, I think I think there's definitely some, some upside here. Uh, he could win even without a second quarterback. Uh, am I going to—is that going to influence my pick? No, I'm still going to go with Master Chef Ross. But if he does win— uh, I will. I would not be surprised. Fair. All right. Just gonna grab a sip of water. All right. So that is almost everything for this episode. So I thought long and hard on what question I wanted to ask you, kind of like I did with uh, with TFG. I wanted to think of something that. Like, I, I, whenever I have a guest, I want to make the questions, I guess, kind of more unique to them. So this is maybe a little bit of a targeted question because you are a Lions fan. What is the most disappointment you've felt as a Lions fan? In general or this year? Uh, I'll, I will go with in general, not just this year. Uh, the fact that this team wasted prime years of Calvin Johnson and some of Matthew Stafford's best years. All right, that's fair. Is there any more of like a, a specific thing, like a specific game outcome or one specific season that just felt like so, like more disappointing than the rest, or was it, or was it just kind of a big general um, thing? Season that felt wasted was 2016, when Stafford had all those fourth quarter comebacks and and the team lost the, the three biggest games of the year against the Giants, Dallas, and Green Bay. They, mm-hmm. they could have beat Green Bay to win the division, but Stafford, ironically, just like he has this week, uh, had torn finger ligaments in his throwing hand. Yep. And he was the sole reason the team was even competing for a playoff spot at that point. Because at that point, that team was not good at all. The defense was still bad. And... Marvin Jones and Kenny, and not Kenny Galladay, um, Golden Tate were nothing before they went with Matthew Stafford. That's fair. So, and it just felt for the fact that Stafford did everything he could. He literally tore his hand 
to try and get that team in the playoffs. I totally, I, I was going to say I get that feeling, but I, I, I actually don't as a Vikings fan. <laughs> my, my disappointment is actually, it's on a different level. And my disappointment, it's maybe not as objective as yours, where like anybody would feel disappointment after seeing that season play out the way that it did. For me, my biggest source of disappointment as a Vikings fan has actually been this year. You can you can Fair say enough. you can say what you want about the the uh, like losing to Philadelphia, like. 38 to 7 or whatever it was the christian ponder years (laughs) i mean okay thankfully thankfully through some miracle that was before i got really into football so as disappointing as those were they're not as ingrained into my mind but the reason i'm so disappointed in this year is we had the tank we had it we had it in our grasp and we failed. Because what are the chances we make the playoffs now? Very low. So we're going to get some like late teens, like mid to late teens pick, like probably maybe 16 or something like that, like the last pick that you could possibly get before making the playoffs. And just an honorable mention is selecting Mike Hughes over Will Hernandez when everybody and their mother knew we needed offensive line help. (laughs) But just for this year, I have... I've said this before. I'm no expert in NFL contracts. I don't pretend to be. I wish I could learn more, but I just don't... I guess I need to look more into the resources on that. But I pose this question to you. If we trade down, I might have asked you this earlier uh, when we were scheduling for the podcast. Say, hypothetically, Minnesota ends up with, like, the seventh pick. Purely hypothetical, I know, but roll with me here. And Indianapolis ends up with, like, the 18th pick. If you are Minnesota, do you trade seven Kirk Cousins and a third-round pick to Indianapolis for 18 before the draft. Because I do 100% of the time. Um, Trying to look at it from a non-Lions fan perspective here. Um, if you need a bit of time... Way, if you need a bit of time to way, think over it, I can actually go a bit deeper into this scenario. Uh, the only way I trade seven is if obviously Indianapolis takes the entire catfish from Kirk Cousins. Yes, that 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 would that is that is the contingency. It's like that's the only that's the only reason it's done. I should have clarified that. But yes, that I'm assuming that happens because there's no way I trade the number seven to then take the hit on Kirk Cousins. Oh, ex- exactly. Yeah, the, this then I would just. Because then I would just trade Kirk for a third round pick. Yeah, like a, a maybe he could get a second, but Kirk though is only signed through this, uh, not this year, but he signed up until twenty twenty two. All right. He would be a free agent in twenty twenty three, and he obviously has a fully guaranteed contract. Um, 
yeah, I would probably do that just to get rid of that contract. Exactly. And then, because whether Chris Steelman wants to admit it or not, the only way this team can get back to competing for playoffs consistently, like competing for the division with the Packers and competing for the Super Bowl, is if they rebuild. You yep. can't just do more. This is the exact reason why the Lions have not made the playoffs, not made, not been a true Super Bowl contender, just for the fact that they have not done a true hard reset of this and just tried to reboot it every, like every single You cannot yeah. try and reboot this. You do not have the cap space to try and reboot it. You cannot just hinge on trying to build throughout the draft because I haven't followed the Vikings draft picks too well this year, but I don't know how that's clearly this team is not all that good. I don't know how they've worked out. Besides Justin Jefferson, I don't know how the rest of this pick has worked out. I they've they've been they, I know they, they drafted what Gladney and uh, uh Gladney and, and Dantzler. Uh they they actually haven't they haven't been awful. Like obviously rookie cornerbacks in Mike Zimmer's scheme are gonna are gonna get just that's that's a learning curve and a half right there, but we we've gotten some good contributions and some key plays from, especially some of our lower draft picks, uh, which has been really nice to see. So, I don't actually hate it. I think it's I think it's, I think it was a solid class. Definitely buoyed by Justin Jefferson, but yeah, I think in 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 general. The Vikings, especially some of their earlier round picks, I think have been off, like excluding Justin Jefferson, obviously, but have been off for a little bit. And by yeah. a little bit, I mean, like, I did not like the Mike Hughes pick. I thought we needed offensive linemen. Uh, I was fine with the Garrett Bradbury pick. I would have preferred... He's actually been good. I mean, yeah, he's he's actually been very good. But I I think... I'm trying to remember. I think Philadelphia. I think we took Bradbury over. Uh, let's see. Yes, we took Garrett Bradbury over Andre Dillard. That was something I did not think we should have done. Uh, obviously, I th- we ended up with. Uh, I think we ended up with Brian O'Neill in that in that draft as well. I think he was. Uh, one of our picks there. Let me just double check. No, he was uh he was the year before. My bad. Uh, but yeah, I I think I I still thought another tackle might have been good just because I'm also out so on Riley Reef. So you did take Bradbury over Caleb McGarry. I I am happy we have Bradbury just because our other option at that point was Pat Elfline and Elfline is not. Yeah, he, he's, he's not even on the roster anymore. Oh shit, we finally cut him? No way. I think the Jets picked him up. Yes! Oh, he's not on the team anymore, thank god. That happened like two weeks ago, I don't know how you didn't do that. I don't know either. Oh, alright. That makes me feel good. Uh, Who's that mean you guys are starting? Oh, you don't want to know. Yeah, I really don't. Well, too bad you're finding out anyway. What does our lad say? It's uh, actually I take it back. We're starting Ezra Cleveland at right guard. That is one oh, of our fair. guard spots. Yeah, he's solid. Like I mean, he's yeah. a rookie, is he not? 
yeah uh and i feel like he's been i feel like he's been all right he hasn't been spectacular but he hasn't been bad uh he was like a a day two like late day two or like early day three he was our uh he was our our second round pick i believe oh okay yeah so i i mean totally fine with that uh and then our other guard spot is the one that i don't like and honestly i might actually take pat elfline over him dakota dozier oh not drew simia uh no, Drew uh Drew Samia is on the uh he's on the COVID list. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so our other guard spot is a nightmare. And that's one of the reasons I could potentially even see in that scenario I posed to you, uh I could see the Vikings trading down. Just because picking picking up a guard in like the later half of the first round and then going into this next season because obviously you're not gonna get a stud rookie quarterback. You're not going to get Fields or uh, Lawrence. I have not heard much on Lance. Uh, I have heard Zach Wilson has been good. He could be the other option. But potentially going into this next season with, if you take a guard, maybe someone like a Jameis Winston almost. I think it would I almost, mean, like, give Jameis Winston a one-year $20 million yeah. contract and see how it goes. A one-year $20 million contract? He's making, like, 10 10 million like divided by that less. Like look, you're you're going to need to you're I feel like you might need to pry him away as a starter. I'm not sure that that is he if went, he does he went to New Orleans to learn. He didn't go to start, he went to learn. Exactly. So I think he's probably going to want to be a starter after this stint learning. So that's why I think you would need to pay him. You would need to pay him a good amount of money. I'm just not sure which other teams in the NFL would be there for a market for him. I mean, if you're looking to like rebuild, why? Like, I mean, obviously look for like a veteran guy who you can get for like who's like. I wouldn't say is Nick Foles, but like is like around that. Like Alex Smith, potentially. Yeah, if Al- I don't think he's a free agent. I don't think he is either. If you can get a guy that's around what Alex Smith is being for Washington, and then pick up a flyer guy on Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, something like that, and and just roll out there with whatever. I mean, that is probably a better way to rebuild. The way I look at it is... This team is technically, because of all the stuff we've done for Kirk Cousins, it's technically built to win now. If you bring in Jameis Winston after his eye surgery, after spending a year learning from Drew Brees in New New Orleans, you could make the case that it is a potential, potential, with big air quotes, win now move because of the fact that it's a one-year deal, so no matter what, after this year he's gone if it goes poorly. But you you either find out that Jameis Winston has learned a lot and can actually reach the potential he had coming out of the draft, which was very high, or yeah. Let's, let's also let's also say the offense is not the pure issue. Oh, good lord, no! Obviously, Kirk is part of the problem. Yeah, but it's not solely the problem. No, and for the, for the cornerbacks, which I think are another big issue, I think. 
I just don't think you can really justify investing a lot more capital after how much we did this year. Like, obviously, bringing in a, uh, potentially a few veterans just to add more depth I think is great because I actually think we're kind of thin with some injuries that have been going on. Uh, but I think the big thing is if you can just... The reason I chose Jameis Winston is you he either reaches his potential and really succeeds with the win-now team that we have built, or, or, or he just sucks and we get a good pick. That's why I picked him over everybody else. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't say that was the worst thing to do, but like, I mean, would be trading for Sam Darnold be a bad thing? Depending on what Sam Darnold is worth to the Jets, if they take Trevor Lawrence in this scenario. Ooh. Oh, that's like obviously, spicy. Obviously, you have the people thinking he's going to go to, like, the Colts, the 49ers. I, I, I just said the 49ers as a team that's looking at a quarterback. But, like, Sam Darnold of the Vikings does not sound like a bad idea. I... Depending the... on what Darnold is worth. True, and that's that's the big sticking point. Because normally I would say... I mean, obviously he's not worth a first. That's That's clear. But the picks the Vikings have, it's gonna uh, the highest pick they have that's a non-first is gonna be a mid-third rounder. And is do the Jets take that for Sam Darnold? I think there would be teams out there that would give second. Yeah, yeah give just, second. Just, so for, we, just, just for his super mega potential. Yeah. So I think that's a little that's that's spicy, and that would actually probably be a more viable option to me and i would i would support that more than the Jameis winston uh thing but just because i'm not yeah just because what we'd have to give up especially since we'd be trying we're already trying to uh trying to rebuild and yeah i i think it would be rough especially since we'd already have to give up one of those third round picks to move kirk cousins in that scenario so, and uh, for people wondering, I decided to attach a third round pick to Kirk Cousins because obviously we have no seconds because of the Yannick and Gakwe trade. But I view this in a similar situation to the Brock Osweiler scenario, where Kirk Cousins is obviously better than Brock Osweiler. Nobody's questioning that. His contract, however, is, I would say, infinitely worse. Because Brock Osweiler, sure, $72 million total, like half guaranteed. That's not good. But that averages to $18 million a year. Like, in the grand scheme of things, like, that's that's the Mike Glennon contract. That's the Sam Bradford to Arizona contract. They're yeah. bad contracts, yeah. It wasn't catas- it, it wasn't the most catastrophic contract in NFL history. Yeah, and this wasn't like Cleveland just ended up cutting Osweiler. Yeah, they took they took whatever was remaining of his guarantees and just said, "Take your money and go." Yeah, because Cleveland had that cap space, and Indianapolis also has that cap space. Because 
Like, if you take a look at the teams that have cap space next year, it's like the Jets at like 90 million, the Jags at 86, and then it's the Colts at like 78. But and, obviously, the Colts cannot just say, oh, Kirk Cousins, we'll talk to you later. Because of how much, like, considering it's all guaranteed. True. They could maybe work something out where it's like, we will pay you your guarantees as if you were on our roster, but we're just... Well, that's how it works anyway. They'll cut oh, in yeah. and they'll have to pay all the guarantees. But like, no, but I'm saying like at each year as it goes, like paying yeah. the 45 mil, whatever, they could theoretically do that. And honestly, if they traded up to like, I mean, at that point, you just keep them on the roster. But if they did trade up to seven, what's stopping them from taking like a, I mean, maybe this is a bit high for Zach Wilson, but... Like a Zach Wilson, a Trey Lance, and just using them as the quarterback of the future, that would be that Honestly, would actually be a really good move. I think it's a little bit low for Zach Wilson at this point. With really? How, how how much he's getting talked of? Okay, I, I once again I feel like I say this every week. I don't watch a ton of college football, so I haven't watched a lot of Zach Wilson. But what I'm hearing is that he's getting talked about a lot. Yeah, I, I know he was he was uh, someone who's risen up a lot. One of the things that I actually, I don't want to say I base my prospect analysis off of, but what I use is kind of like a general, I guess, a weather vane, if that makes any sense. That's a really like old phrase potentially, but the way I use it to like generally measure is uh, whenever I do mock drafts on the PFN mock draft simulator, like mm-hmm. I feel like their ranks are not horribly inaccurate. Yeah, which so it's not because it's not just one person; it's multiple people setting it up. True, and whenever you aggregate something, it's it's generally much closer to what it's likely going to be. So, yeah, and I I have seen him rising up. Granted, that's like it probably just sounds stupid because I still don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just using someone else's rankings without even the reasoning behind it. But I still think that could actually be uh that could be interesting, or maybe. Maybe if Zach Wilson does go higher, then you just take a Trey Lance. Yeah. So, I I think or all right, say they're all gone, then you end up with like you end up with a top cornerback or top wide receiver. Yeah. So, maybe even one of the linebackers, potential edge, IDL, maybe even a safety. Although I highly doubt it, because who would take a safety at seven? Uh. Unless it's Derwin James, in which case Derwin James probably should have gone really high in that draft. But not like what twenty, whatever he went at. It was like twenty-two or something. I'm I'm actually checking because it, it was something like stupid late. Uh, all right, seventeen. But considering people had him as like a top ten, if not top five, lock. Yeah. So that was kind of a a really long really long question but yeah. i'm glad we got on that topic uh so yeah that uh is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up uh no not really all right well thank you for coming on uh as always i have been your host ian canadian falcon and i will catch you guys next week thank you all for listening <laughs>